0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and let's begin by calling in the Helping Spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine. I call out to these people who lived well and died well and bring to each of us all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to those spirits that bring this rich legacy, this great treasure that allows the living to learn from those who have gone before them. It is on their shoulders that we stand. It is their hand at our back. And I ask these ancestors to stand with us here today to help us to do a good job, to do things in new ways, to hold on to the old ways, to understand the difference, and to do it in a way that truly meets the challenges of our time with new thinking, with new inspiration with new innovation and with the creativity necessary to do what our descendants need from us in our time. And so I ask these ancestors to gather around us here today and to hold us well and to help to open the way and to advocate for us on the other side, that we can receive the help from the helping spirits in other forms. So I ask for those ancestors of the land, of the air, of the sea, the ancestors of the geography, the an- elemental ancestors, I ask for you all to gather around and to help the living to be rich, to be wise, to be strong, to be full in our hearts, and to do what our time is calling from us, even where it is hard, even where it is challenging. Help us to bring out our natural excellence. And so with these ancestors in their many forms gathering round, let us focus our awareness in, drawing our consciousness from wherever it might be into our mind drawing it from our mind to our heart, our heart down to our belly. And from our belly, let us reach with some clarity, some purpose, some intention. Let us reach out to touch the earth and take a moment in your day to stop everything. And to touch the earth with your heart and your mind and to offer the gratitude for your life, no matter what the day holds, no matter how annoying or frustrating or painful. We give thanks for life. We give thanks for that which is beautiful and joyful and surprising as well. We give thanks for the amazing diversity in life, for all that has been on our journeys that has brought us to this moment, for all that is and all that will be. And we give thanks simply for the miracle of life and ask the spirits around us to help us to step up to the responsibility of that awesome miracle. And with great gratitude in our heart, let us extend our energy down through all the layers of the earth, all the way down to the very, very center of the earth, giving gratitude as we go, giving great thanks for life, beauty, diversity. And take a moment there in the very center of the earth and to feel that essence energy of earth, stillness, silence, all that is the potential before it is born into form. We give thanks for that which allows us to rest and restored for the darkness, for the peace. And as we draw this energy up, drawing up the energy that is at the source of all abundance on the face of this planet, we draw this energy up up into ourselves, and we ask the energy of the earth to rise up with its renewal and restoration and rejuvenation and help us to find the wisdom to ground ourselves so that we know in life where we stand and what we stand for, that we are able to stand up into our own sovereignty and dominion and with that energy and our generosity to create a sense of home, a sense of place, a sense of hearth, a sense of belonging. And may we do this in a way that does not turn our back on those who are different than we are, but that opens the door, sets a place at the table, offers a glass of fresh water, offers a place to rest the head, but offers a way for us to come to understand that which is other than we are, so that we might better understand ourselves. And so we call this energy in as well to our new and growing understanding of home here on this very, very small planet with this very, very large family we call humanity. And so, with the energy of the earth, let us understand connection within ourselves, our connection to others, our connection to the environment, and our connection to the invisible world. And let us come into this understanding so that we can open ourselves from our selfish little human minds, let our mind open to its true magnificence and feel the true oneness of things, and understand ourselves as a part of that great fabric, essential and irrelevant. And let us feel ourselves in that great oneness and come into right relationship with ourselves from this moment. And with that awareness, let us reach up then from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind. Reach out through the sky, whatever weather it holds for you, wherever you are listening. Reaching up through the sky and out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, out to the heavenly bodies, the great mysteries of our universe and all the way out and up to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you know that energy, name it, know yourself in it and it in you. And we draw this energy from above down, drawing into lives and into these proceedings, drawing into our day, the energy of blessing. The energy of protection and generosity, the energy of commitment and devotion, the energy of inspiration and illumination. We call these energies in with the benevolence of this universe and open ourselves to feel the beneficence that is resonant in the true nature of things. And as we draw this energy in from our head to our heart... Let us keep going from our heart to our belly and from our belly down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we become this place where heaven and earth connect. These two great legendary lovers with this big love that birthed this entire experience of form into existence. And we ask that big love to awaken the spirit of our own hearts that our heart might open to the powerful crucible of change that it is, and let us draw up the fiery passions in our loins and draw down the crystal clarity of our mind and bring these energies together in our heart like a great dance floor. And We allow these energies to dance, whatever that dance is that emerges from these two so very different energies in this dance that gives birth through its dynamic tension To the unique reason that you are here in a memory, in a feeling, in a sensation, but in some way, may you know in your heart why you are here and find in that same heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And so we give thanks for the spirits gathered around us here today, helping us, the living, to do what we are here to do. May what needs to be said be said, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So I want to give thanks to Christopher and Hamish, Mary, Anne, Sherwood, Katrina and Sylvia and all of the listeners who are able to donate financially. This week was another week where there are many emails from people thanking you because they can't donate financially right now and yet the shows are helping them and they exist only because those of you who can donate financially do. And I give great gratitude for all that you offer. If this show is meaningful to you in any way, It has moved you in the heart one way or another. If it moves you at all, you have been moved in the heart. And I ask you to allow yourself this most fundamental of shamanic acts to allow what moves you in the heart to motivate your actions. So I ask you to do something, large or small, to help the show to grow in some way. You can donate financially, any amount, large or small. You can... uh, Bring these teachings to your journey circles. You can bring them into your own journeys. Wrestle with them. Struggle with them. Try to break them. See what happens. Let us know. Uh, Ask questions. uh, Share show ideas. But in whatever way you can, help people's awareness of the show to grow. Share things. Comment. um, Keep the conversation going so that we all can understand, number one, we are not alone in this. And number two, to find the courage in the efforts of others to step up ourselves and to understand that ultimately we are making a great web of people around the globe who are able to uh, find the courage within themselves to do things differently. And in that way, we will become the people who can write a truly new story for the new world. And in this way, we will be the honorable ancestors for our descendants who are coming. So I thank you all for helping me in my own small way in this. Please know that you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. It's the show website. You can donate any amount, large or small, and it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So thank you very much. So we are live this week, and so if you have questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938, or you can Skype in from dot com, um, or just email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And the classes and um, most of the registration dates, etc. how to contact me, everything is at lastmaskcenter.org. That's my website. For those of you that get confused. All right, so the topic of today is spiritual integrity. What is it and how do I get it? And this is actually, I've had ulterior motives in the previous two shows to get to a place where we could talk about this topic. So many years ago in my shamanic life, um, I was involved in a big effort that I cared a great deal about, a big shamanic progressive effort project, and although I felt that I was acting um, in, in very uh, challenging situations with great integrity, the bottom line of the situation was that I ended up being blamed for things I hadn't done, I ended up being publicly humiliated, and I ended up losing everything and being betrayed uh, by people that I knew and loved dearly for many years and this was a profoundly confusing experience for me um, within all of the pain that came from it because I had I really had struggled and believed that I had acted in integrity and it seemed that the greater uh, the integrity in my actions the more things went sideways and I I spent a great deal of time um, on my knees Uh, asking for understanding and asking to receive whatever teachings were in this because I sure didn't want to go through it again. I wasn't really sure I would live through the next more extreme version of that set of teachings. And what I came to understand in this experience was that my understanding of integrity was old story understanding, that it was based on... um, living up to a sense of principles that had some sort of moral um, value. Um, I don't know, it was very sort of probably at its very roots um, puritanical, I don't know. But anyway, what I came to understand is that integrity doesn't come from living up to a set of external morals and values, but it actually comes from living in an alignment with your own internal, innate integrity. And, and so in other words, while I felt I had been in, in integrity in my relationships with the people and the program and the project and everything, with spirit, with my responsibilities, etc., that frankly, I hadn't been in integrity to myself. Because at the very core, in the very beginning of the projects, I had had my own uh, intuitive messages that had come through that I had sidestepped for the greater good. Um, Mistake number one. But mistake number two had been that in the process of doing this project that I very much wanted to do, I cared very much about it. I actually overran some rules I'd already learned the hard way through my shamanic practice, basically about things you don't do when you're trying to practice shamanic spirit-driven things in our contemporary world because it just doesn't go well. And so anyway, my point was I learned about the distinction between this kind of what I call now kind of like an uh, ideal integrity and really understanding what true spiritual integrity is. Now, I'm not bragging that I actually have perfect integrity at the moment, but I'm just talking about a time in my life when I really got uh, beat up uh, because I was holding so tightly to an ideal of integrity that was not real. And so after that... um, from one of my more Taoistic teachers and not shamanic teachers, um, there was a conversation that helped me to understand this differently. And what came out of this conversation was the understanding that virtue, at its essence, is not really about morality, but it's about strength. It's about a kind of strength. And in particular, it is the inner strength to express our own natural excellence, whatever that might be. And so this inner strength has has to is challenged on both sides. It's challenged by the stories we carry about out of fear about how we're not good enough, we're going to be abandoned, we're deficient and so we we don't really choose to step up into the fullness of our natural excellence. You know, that's one challenge. But the other side of the challenge is like the story that I told, where we are striving for a sort of moral or ideal excellence that is really outside of ourselves and that we are not aligned with and and staying true to our own inner natural excellence. Um, So virtue then is about taking action in life in ways that express an accountability to our true self. And that virtue matters because we become what we have done. So thus what we do matters. So virtue and integrity then are not actually ideals. They they are in our actions. So virtue then is in the flow from our beliefs through our words into our actions. Virtue is the flow that brings our natural excellence in to the world through what we do. And virtue is not present when a person consciously holds beliefs they think are moral, but their actions express a reality contrary to those beliefs. So for example, priests engaging in child sexual abuse, anti-gay rights congressmen in the closet about their own gay nature, Or murdering a person in an effort to stop abortion because you believe uh, in the morality of the anti-abortion stance because it's saving a life. I mean this is – while these actions are usually expressed by people who believe they have a kind of spiritual integrity or a kind of moral integrity, the truth is they're not in alignment with their own beliefs, their own values in those actions and thus there is no integrity. There is no virtue in that so virtue and the strength that it requires matters and it matters because we are manifesting all the time through our actions so if we weren't manifesting all the time we could get off the hook but the bottom line is we can't we are manifesting machines in every moment no matter what it is that we're doing we are manifesting something And so virtue, this alignment with ourself, this being a whole and undivided person with the strength to live, live our true natural excellence matters because in our every action, we're manifesting something in the world. And there's no way to turn that button off. I mean, other than not being here. Okay. So there's a very, very old quote. I'm not actually sure where, where it goes to, but it says simply, so a thought reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Now these are English words used with old meanings because it's really talking about Uh, our actions done with intention become a practice in this case habit is the word being used but it means a practice practice then cultivates our character and when we care about cultivating our character we actually cultivate a life of destiny and so for those of you that are inspired by that you know there's a show about living a life that is a legend and it's a direct response to a listener's question but this is the point is that it does matter, and we can do that. And this is what our descendants need from us, to live a life of legend, to live a life that is a manifestation of our own destiny because we have been willing to cultivate the strength to express our own natural excellence. So the show, then, is about spiritual integrity. How do we get it? So many people feel that the fact that they have a quote-unquote spiritual life, thus by definition, means they have spiritual integrity. But of course, all we need to do is look around at many powerful spiritual leaders over the last 50, 60 years of any cloth. I'm not picking on anybody particular, but spiritual leaders and all manner of abuses of power. It is clear that integrity is as challenging in spirit as it is in the mundane world. So what is integrity? So integrity in a person means two things, and this is important to always consider these things together. They are related, but they are, they are different, but they are related. So integrity is about having the strength to express that virtuous life through our actions. It's a kind of inner fiber. It's about being willing to do the right thing, even when the right thing is hard to do but it is also about expressing our wholeness and undivided core through our actions so there's an inner piece to integrity as well so there's a, a yin piece the inner piece the cultivating the wholeness and the undivided core and then the yang piece that expression the strength to express those actions in the world so in other words our integrity is related to our inner alignment in the same way that structural integrity for example like in building things, requires the alignment of molecules in the steel of the I-beam or the molecules of wood in the posts and beams that support your home. So even, even something as mundane as structural integrity requires alignment, inner alignment of tiny things. And this is really my point about spiritual integrity. To get to a place of sort of highfalutin spiritual integrity, we need to have this alignment of the tiny things within ourselves that then give us the strength to uphold, just as the beams and the posts in a home uphold a great weight, the strength in the face of life to do What is virtuous? To express our natural excellence in the world, no matter the circumstances. So this is virtue. This is integrity. Okay. So spiritual integrity is the strength to act from a place of inner cultivation that is whole and undivided and expresses the spiritual principles that we value and hold to be true. So to get there, though, we need to talk about physical integrity, mental integrity, and emotional integrity. And so when we see a spiritual leader, a beloved spiritual leader, cave somewhere around integrity, it's usually not because of their lack of spiritual integrity. It's because they have sidestepped somewhere some kind of physical integrity or mental integrity or emotional integrity. And in that, bailiwick is also sexual integrity, since this seems to be the great Achilles heel of spiritual leaders of our time and frankly people sex often is the place where we fall apart utterly around our integrity so so in this sense then integrity is both the strength to live from the values that guide us and to act from an inner core that is whole and undivided so again it has this inner quality and this outer quality So if we put these two shows together, these last two shows together, the ones that had sort of an ulterior motive. So two weeks ago, we had a show on the human potential movement um, and the new age. But the important point in that show for today was the human potential movement. And to really give thanks to that movement for opening up our thinking to ideas of integrity beyond this this sense of integrity being uh, defined by some cultural morality. You know, back to my story, the place where I fell down in my integrity was having accepted this cultural definition, which falls short, misses, in many ways, misses the mark. Okay, so we have this human potential movement over the last, well, 50 years or so, and out of this human potential movement is the idea that humans can develop their potential and to think and act as better people in the world. In other words, people with greater integrity. And I feel personally that the human potential movement has been hurt by the New Age movement. Nonetheless, the human potential movement is alive and well, and it did and it is still opening us to some really important things. And it opened people up to new ways and new forms of thinking, Um, meaning by people. It opened up the dominant culture to new ways and new forms of thinking. Right? It opened up Um, New ways of looking at psychotherapy um, from one that was really very trauma-based and analytical to one that could really help people flourish beyond their brokenness really into um, living in a way that they are thinking at a level above the level of thinking that created their problems in the first place. And it opened people up through society to awareness that other cultures have practices that cultivate the wisdom of the body, the wisdom of the heart, the wisdom of the spirit. They have these altered state practices, and therefore, rational thought is not the only source of wisdom. There's nothing wrong with it as a source of wisdom and knowledge, but it is not the only exclusive or best source of wisdom and knowledge. And the Human Potential Movement really pried open our understanding um, in that it taught people not just to become better problem solvers to get what they want, which is sort of like a, being a teenager, right? But it taught them to become better people. So it taught a culture where people are no longer initiated into adulthood that getting yourself into adulthood was valuable. That That's still a challenge to us today in America, for example. And the other thing the human potential movement taught people is to become better people in practice, not just in theory. It really confronted the dominance of the theoretical mental life and said, you know, none of this matters if we're not doing it. So, in other words, it introduced the value for and the practice of spiritual integrity. And it is the difference between fooling yourself about what is actually a spiritual bypass around that which needs to change rather than finding a really effective way to engage what needs to change and make those changes so that you are able to participate in the creation of a different world so in that show I asked the question how do we establish our own spiritual integrity and engage in becoming the people who can actually write a new story for the new world So that was a question from that show. And that's really what I want to talk about today. So then last week, I laid down hopefully another piece of this discussion in the guise of why can't I find a healer? And that show was about why is it that some people just cannot find someone to help them? Well, largely it's because they're not doing their part to help themselves. And that's really hard to say to someone who is suffering But the bottom line of healing is there are some things no one can do for you. And then there are things others need to do for you. And it's really important to sort out which is which and apply your resources appropriately. So that was the show last week. But the part of last week that I had sort of this ulterior motive about is I wanted to lay the ground for understanding what we need to do day to day to cultivate integrity within ourselves, this alignment, this core alignment within ourselves so that we live our life whole and undivided. I mean, even even a person who is suffering can come to a place of alignment, of wholeness and undivided self in that life that they feel is sucky. And in the process of doing that, they create the very ground on which they can step out of that life of suffering. They may need to ask for help to do that. But the point is those things go together. We can always find a place of wholeness and undivided self in the midst of whatever our situation is. It isn't, it's wrong thinking to think, oh, I'm suffering. I'm an addict. I'm whatever. I can't get it together. Someone please help me. That in any state of being, there is an inner wholeness and undivided place that allows us to then get a purchase, to get footing, that we can step out of that place of suffering. And then throughout life, throughout growth, throughout transformation, there's a new sense of wholeness and undivided self. But it's this understanding that other than bringing our soul parts back, the ultimate creation of the whole undivided self is ours to do no one can do that for us people can help to create the conditions in which under which you can do that but we each need to do that ourselves and it's important to understand thus the practices that support us each as individuals in cultivating and maintaining that kind of inner alignment and wholeness that we're always Uh, Moving towards that within ourselves, not flailing around asking someone else to do that piece for us because they can't. So that was the point of that show. I mean, in truth, you are the one who is in relationship, in intimate relationship with the thoughts you have and the actions you take. It's your task to be conscious in that intimate relationship with literally what you do every day. What you do every day is your practice in that largest sense of that word. So if we want to use your practice, in other words, what you do every day in the sense of practice and doing something regularly for the purpose of creating something else, then you need to take charge of your choices. You're the one who's intimately there in the moment of your choices. You need to take charge of your choices throughout the day. And somewhere in that day, choose your practices consciously. And so the basic ones that we need are physical practices that move our chi and move our blood, practices that cultivate an awareness of a healthy energy body. I cannot state this enough, but I'm not going to get off on that tangent. There's probably 30, 40 shows in the archives about your energy body. So I'm not going there right now. But also that we begin to cultivate in shamanism, it's through our altar work or our shrine work, an active relationship with the spirit world. Why do I take the first seven, eight, nine minutes of the show to call in spirit every time? It's an hour-long show. There's tons of stuff I could say in seven minutes. But I take that time to call in spirit. Why? Because that is my practice. It is my belief... Supported through my experience that for me, to begin my efforts in the day by calling in spirit brings in the help that I need to make the result of those efforts better than I imagined, better than I would be able to do it myself. So that's the practice. It's seven minutes. Why not? Okay, so anyway, so we talked about the importance of taking charge of the alignment of your words and your actions, of your choices in life, your practices that you begin to change your story from the outside in, and that you will then have the skills to begin to stabilize and sustain any healing efforts. So, what we learned in that show was about integrity. It was about the beginnings that start with this alignment with the thoughts in your head or your story with your words and actions. It was about learning to notice when these three things, thoughts, words, and actions, are not in alignment. In other words, physical integrity matters. Alignment between words and actions, physical integrity in the physical world it matters and it all begins there. Physical integrity requires that we are impeccable with our words, saying only what we mean and aligning our actions with our words. So doing this, taking care to align the thoughts and the words and the actions is part of wholeness and being undivided. You know, taking care that I am not uh, thinking one thing and doing another and noticing what those thoughts are, then, is another piece of this physical integrity. Noticing what my thoughts are and asking, are these reflections of my higher values? Right? That piece also, this noticing, is also part of integrity. And it's about, then, the cultivation of the strength to step up into our virtue, into our higher values, and to allow our natural excellence to emerge in our life. So it's both about the alignment but – and about noticing what am I aligning with. It, are, it is what I am aligning with truly that which I value. Okay. So the journeys that you could take would be about where you're out of alignment and why and about where you're not stepping up into your natural excellence and why. I mean so if we're – okay. So if we want a journey about integrity – Right? You're going to be looking at these two aspects of integrity, one or both. I mean, you might be really good at one and not so great at the other. You might be falling down at both. You know, I don't know. But the point of journeying, of course, is to ask and to find out. So for me, in this kind of journeying, I like the practical approach because I already have the results of my life to look at. I'd already, I already have that. So I already see what's being created and I want to find out why. Versus another situation where I might need the bigger picture to understand what's going on. But in this case, in this conversation about integrity, I have my life, which is reflecting back to me what is and what isn't in integrity. So I like the practical approach then journeying about this. And they would be questions like, show me where I am most misaligned in my thoughts and words or in my words and actions. And I'd be wanting to see where I'm out of that alignment. Another aspect of that would, could be to approach it if there's a particular aspect of your life that is not working, is to journey to ask, "Show me the misalignment that most undermines you know, my, my business or my relationship or my, re, my success at work, or you know whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what it is, but you're looking at where your own misalignment is undermining something else in your life. Okay, so you've got those journeys sorted out. You've done them. You consider your answers, answers, right? You consider your actual time and resources in your life. You consider what truly matters to you in life at that moment. And then you craft your next questions. And the reason I'm saying this is because I, I'm trying to guide you out of the trap that I was in and the story I shared at the beginning of the show of setting some kind of moral or ideal ideal integrity and striving for that. Instead, you know, what I learned painfully through that experience is that you really need to consider what is actually in your life in the moment and then craft your next question about why am I misaligned there and what do I do about it and then... The, um, because these things, your time, your resources, what truly matters to you in the moment, these things change in life all the time and to assume, um, and they are what you'll be working with to do whatever you're going to do. Versus ignoring them and just striving for this higher ideal that may have absolutely nothing to do with your own natural excellence. And so that's why we need to consider these things before we ask the next obvious question, which is why am I out of alignment in this way and what do I do about it? You know, what do I do to become aligned? And the important thing is, whatever it is, our question needs to be based in our reality in the moment, not our ideal of ourselves. And then you can always follow this up with, um, especially if you're somewhat challenged with your resources, what is the one thing that will, of all of these things I have to do, that is, will create the most change? You could ask, what is the most powerful place to begin? You could ask, what is the first priority? You could ask, um, where can I begin to be most successful in my in my efforts to change so you can work with spirit all the way through to get your actions pretty well lined up and then ultimately your path forward is to do what you've been guided to do now that is of course in and of itself a tricky business so there's a couple suggestions that I would offer one is that you treat your personal process as you would treat time with a practitioner in other words you schedule it into your calendar And then you schedule other things around it. And I don't know about you, but if I don't do that, I don't do my personal stuff. If I don't put it in and schedule around it, it's always getting pushed out of the schedule. And so it's important to make that commitment to this this process of upgrading your spiritual integrity and working through it and giving yourself a time that is worth scheduling. The way you would schedule a session with a practitioner of some kind. Another way to do it, which I think in some ways is even more successful today because our lives are so profoundly distracted these days, um, in America at least, would be to embark on this effort to transform the level of your spiritual integrity or the completeness or however you want to think about it, of your spiritual integrity with compatriots. Call in some crazy people to be on this quest with you and that everybody does it together so that you have people you are accountable to. It's kind of like, you know, doing better at the gym because you have a workout buddy, same idea. And um, that could be a way to approach this as well is to have compatriots, not too many, or you'll never get your time scheduled together, but to work with all of the great technology we have to stay connected and to um, work together together. On your project of upgrading your spiritual integrity. Okay. So, as I said, spiritual integrity requires the components there's the physical integrity, there's impeccability in your word and aligning your words with your actions, not saying things you're not going to do, and not doing things other than what you've said. Okay. So, the next piece we can look at then would be your mental integrity. And this is cultivated in your willingness to investigate with brutal self-honesty the distinction between the conscious story you tell yourself about who you are and what you believe and what you value and the story underneath that is actually running the show. We talk about this regularly on the show. Nonetheless, it is the core of mental integrity, and it, and, that, and it is necessary to support your spiritual integrity. You have to get your stories lined up. They have to be aligned. To be truly whole and undivided, you must live in only one story. Not the story you consciously think about while underneath it all, all the unresolved issues of your past are actually still motivating your actions through fear-based, judgment-based beliefs. It's really simple. So what does this have to do with shamanism? Well, this is always what shamanism has been about. So now many years ago, when I was in the process of still writing the Encyclopedia of Shamanism, um, about year four, I wrote for a little bit over six years, but about year four, I had a huge um, crisis of faith. At that point in time, I was largely done with the research, and I'd narrowed the scope of the book several times, and I was really pretty much on a path to finish. Um, But I went into this deep, deep, deep dark place to to call it a depression would have been to oversimplify it. And basically the gist of it was simply that in having come to understand through this sort of survey of shamanism around the globe and throughout history, came to understand what it is that shamans had always been doing regardless of culture and drums or rattles or hallucinogenic plants or whatever, the similarity what tied them all together was that humans have always had a gap between the story they believe in their mind and what they're living. And that the shaman's job has always been to help people close that gap, to help people bring themselves into alignment, to help them resolve um, that which makes them afraid to step into their natural integrity or the, The soul loss or the the damage that keeps them from being able to step into their natural integrity. But the shaman has always been there in a sense to close that gap between what they think and what they do. This is part of being human is there's a gap. But in the past, in, in these shamanic cultures, because of the way the cultures held the individual to try to keep that gap as small as possible through the values the culture holds, therefore the values the individuals hold, the gap wasn't so big. And what I realized as I came, this came so clear to me finally after these years of research, and then I looked at my own culture, my own American culture, and realized the gap had become this great chasm, the, the bottomless pit and I could see us just throwing decade after decade after decade of shaman into this pit no matter what culture they came from no matter how powerful they were and it still wouldn't be enough to begin to get the people to start to close that gap and I, and I became beyond depressed by this it just was such utter hopelessness and so this is my point this is why this has to do with shamanism because the gap between who we are and how we live has always been the task of the shaman. And I believe it takes shamanic skills for contemporary people to actually begin to take personal responsibility to close their own part of that gap, period. Okay, so it's our responsibility then as part of our maturity as a human to close the distance between the person we believe ourselves to be and the life we are actually living. But this is essential that we do this. And when we focus in on the strength needed for mental integrity, then we can look at our actions and ask if they uphold our values and beliefs. Do we have the strength to live in ways that uphold our highest beliefs and values? And if we don't, journey What do you need to do to gain that strength? What is it that is undermining your natural excellence and keeping you from being able to live up to your own values and beliefs? Do you value the trafficking of women and children? No? Well, then consider the porn that you use. I don't mean this in esoteric ways. I mean this really practically. I think about this every time I turn on the light switch or my computer, which I am using to be able to give this show out to the world. Is it requires nuclear power, and that bothers me deeply. So this, these are this is real. This how do we align our actions and have the strength to live up to the values and beliefs that we hold? This is a big, big deal, and it, and it matters in very real ways. Okay, so are you really who you think you are? This question cuts both ways. Are you living up to the values that you hold for humanity? And conversely, are you allowing your old fear-based beliefs of self-worth and possible abandonment to keep you from stepping up into your natural excellence? So the journeys about this would be similar in structure to the ones about your physical integrity. You know, where, where are you least aligned and what are you going to do about it? Why and how do you change that? Where are you least whole? Where are you divided? Right? And how, why? And given the why, how are you going to change that? And the path forward is similar as well. What kind of resources and support do you need to carry out the process? Healing processes peter out because people don't think about the fact that they need resources and support to carry out that process. It's something they're adding to their everyday life. Most of us are pretty maxed out in our everyday life. And so we need to think about how do I support that process. And I think having companions on the journey is one of the best ways. Now, within mental integrity falls sexual integrity. To align with your natural excellence sexually and sensually this is also essential if you want to live up to your virtue or up to your possible spiritual integrity now this is easy for me to say granted I, I, I admit it both hands are raised right now I admit it I surrender it is easy for me to say because I can pass easily sexually and sensually in the dominant culture it would be much harder if I couldn't pass. That doesn't mean I'm aligned sexually and essentially with a dominant culture, but I can pass. I look as if I am. Nonetheless, this is the most common place of falling down in our alignment with self. Whether we are talking about spiritual gurus who, who, who collapse their entire beautiful reality they've created with their disciples because of their lack of sexual integrity. This is really common. Um, Shamanic teachers sleeping with their students. You know, people abusing their rank, privilege, and power for sex and undermining their status, uh, undermining their integrity, frankly. So that is, in my mind, exactly the same problem as someone who would choose to kill themselves because of their sense that their sexuality doesn't fit in. You know, fit into what? I understand that people's lives have been threatened and taken because people are uncomfortable with people's expression of sexuality or sensuality. I, I, it's not that I don't see that. And the deeper piece here is those of us who pass as normal have to stand up and support those who don't. And that's part of spiritual integrity. My freedom to express myself sensually and sexually comes to the degree that I support everyone in their freedom to express their natural excellence in their sexuality and their sensuality. And this is a piece of spiritual integrity and we know this because this is the Achilles heel of spiritual people in their integrity as they collapse right here around not being aligned with their true sexual expression. Okay. So moving along. The next component then of our spiritual integrity is our emotional integrity. And this is where your years of listening to why shamanism now will pay off. You already know where I'm going with this. Because emotional integrity requires that I, the current time person, am accountable to all the past moments that I was not free or did not feel safe to express my emotional self honestly or fully, which defines a lot of childhood. So this requires nothing less than attending now, as a current person, to all of my marginalized selves, to all of my shadow selves, to all of my dissociated selves, and to all of my lost soul parts. That is my job to be accountable to myself and in that way to bring myself into true wholeness, to become truly undivided. These are the ways we literally have divided ourselves from ourself. And integrity, especially spiritual integrity, requires emotional integrity. And I cannot tell you how many people talk about blah, blah, blah in their life, and it all circles back around to, yes, but I am frozen emotionally, I'm absent emotionally, I'm numb emotionally, I'm not engaged emotionally. Well, you can't have integrity in these other aspects of our life and not have integrity to your own heart. So, emotional integrity requires alignment with your full self and ultimately um that you are here in the present moment and since this is a process for most of us in contemporary culture this is going to re- require emotional honesty in and what i mean by that is being able to discern between past feelings i am responding to this moment in this way emotionally because of the past And current emotions, my current response to the situation is appropriate and based on who I am in the moment and being able to discern that difference. It is about this refusal to live divided by fear from the fullness and truth of who you are, to refuse to continue to use your fear-based choices in the past as an excuse to continue to make fear-based choices now that's emotional integrity the refusal to do that they are an explanation they are no longer an excuse because you are alive you are well you are an adult there is no reason to allow your choices in life to be driven by fear and judgment it's up to you and that ultimately We need to understand that our authority, true personal authority, comes out of our relationship with our shadow work. Because what is more unruly and defies our conscious authority in life but our shadow self coming out through our unconscious. And so the only way to actually claim authority and sovereignty and dominion over ourselves to live in a way that is whole and undivided and has integrity is to go in there and learn to work with your shadow selves and transform them. Period. There's no other way around it. And there are eons of mystical teachings, esoteric teachings, Qigong, yoga, blah, blah, all of it, shamanism and everything helping human beings to do this because that place of integrity The human with their shadow self is absolutely critical for all the other integrity we wish to express. And so your journeys around this and your path forward will be similar in structure to the others that we've already talked about. But that ultimately this boils down to cultivating the heart. And this is what the courageous heart work is that I teach. And it has many levels. The first level is simply your addictions and how those are actually an expression of fear in your heart. The next level looks at the relationship between those fears and the powers of the heart, how the fears undermine the powers of the four chambers of the heart. And that ultimately the work of the heart to come into true emotional integrity is about learning to express the innate natural excellence of each chamber of your heart to bring that virtue of your uniqueness through your heart out into the world in other words mediate you know your heart is mediating your actions in the world because you have cultivated this profound and vast integrity in your heart to support you in your mental and your physical and your spiritual integrity so spiritual integrity then requires that we cultivate integrity of the mind and heart and that we live this in our every action and that we are really moving towards is a way to align our words and our actions, to align our community life with the values that we hold. It's not enough to do this yourself. It's about how we express our natural excellence. So it's also about how we align our external life, our community life with the values that we hold, and how we align the truth in our heart with the world we are actually manifesting. And this is about having a humanity, uh, having the humility along the way to look back at what we're creating, to look back at our wake and see how we could do it better, to see how we are not quite in the integrity we thought that we were. So ultimately, the questions of spiritual integrity Or are you aligned with your soul's reason for being here? Are you living your destiny? Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a practice. Sow a practice, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Are you living your destiny? That is the question of spiritual integrity. It's not about are you moral? Are you better than everybody else, right, in your, in your special, ultra, super new age spiritual belief? No, the question is, are you expressing your natural excellence and in so doing, living your destiny? And through that destiny, are you bringing your unique gifts to the world? So why should we bother with this? With this effort to live a life of integrity, to cultivate the strength and do the inner work, to create this core of undivided wholeness and express our natural excellence. Why? Because joy comes from being accountable with true integrity to your life. So I give thanks to the spirits for gathering around us here today to those ancestors that help us always to remember the wisdom of the past and to risk the innovation of the future. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. So I want to remind you all that the wisdom of the shaman in everyday life, which is a lovely week-long course, if you'd like to introduce yourself to me live and in person and the way that the shamanic teachings have come through me into our contemporary times, join me at Omega. It's July uh, 13th through 15th. Yes, that is in two weeks, but I'm sure it's Omega. I'm sure there's room. So um, you are welcome to register. You can go through my website Uh, calendar page for the class to Omega. I'm not sure how to find the link at Omega on their website, but it's there, and they're doing all the registering. But also, Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self, which is the entry into the cycle teachings, which is, of course, the source of every single podcast you've listened to of mine, begins in August the 20th through the 25th here outside of Portland. And so let's get at it, people. I mean, what are we waiting for, right? If we are going to become the people who are going to change ourselves so that we can change the story and to create a new world, we need to come together and get at it. So I hope to see you in July or in August. And I thank you all for listening to me today. Have a great week.